You're listening to episode 137 on Peace After Combat with special guest Dr. Tiffany Tajiri. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I want to start this podcast by saying thank you to all of our veterans. It's not Veterans Day. It's not Memorial Day. But right here in the middle of this month, we're just going to say thank you to all of you who are active, who have been active in the military. We salute you and honor you and thank you for your wonderful service to our country. And today in this episode, I have a wonderful lady, Dr. Tiffany Tajiri, that's going to share her new book with us today, Peace After Combat. Listen to the byline, Healing the Spiritual and Psychological Wounds of War. Dr. Tajiri's credentials go on and on and on, and I could just, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. You can hear her talk and know that she knows what she's talking about. She is board certified, licensed clinical psychologist. She's a veteran U.S. Air Force officer. She's currently the chief of the largest behavioral health clinic at Fort Bliss, Texas. Dr. Tiffany has a heart for people. She has a heart for people that have been in the service, people affected by PTSD, trauma, so much more. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But I want to show you her heart by the dedication that she wrote in her book. This is what it says. This book is dedicated to my fellow warriors for their selfless service to protect and preserve our nation under God. It is with the greatest reverence that I give you my deepest appreciation as I truly understand that freedom isn't free. Your service to our country came at a cost. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. In the name of Jesus, it is my hope that you come to understand just how precious your sacrifice truly is. My hope and prayer today is that if you've been impacted by any of these things that we're talking about, PTSD, trauma, maybe thoughts of suicide, that today you know that there's hope and that you don't give up, that you get help if you need to get help. Hey, we all need help at some point in our lives. Don't be ashamed of it, that you reach out, that you find that person that can help you walk through it because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Let's join the conversation. Dr. Tiffany, thank you and welcome to the podcast today. April, it's such a blessing. I admire you so much, and I'm so grateful to be on with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, I'm so glad. Now, I know, well, I've never personally met her, but I, the church she goes to, Abundant in El Paso, I love, and uh, great people there. So tell me, Dr. Tiffany, what inspired you to write this book? You know, every day I was confronted with this big existential question with my soldiers sitting in front of me. And they always said, Doc, where is God in war? And I thought to myself, I was bathing my son one evening, and I felt like I was at a stagnant place in my life. I had kind of made every career advancement that I could make with board certification and licensure, and then becoming a supervisor of one of the largest behavioral health clinics at Fort Bliss, Texas. And I thought, where am I going to go from here, God? I had 
previous writing endeavors that were absolute failures. And he had put that in my heart. And then I realized, oh, I'm supposed to write a book specifically for you, telling my combat veterans and everyone at large where you are in the midst of our suffering. That one, the bottom line up front is if it's not love, it's not God, because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, right? And so it just was like, he parted the Red Sea in that moment. Anything that was foggy or cloudy was just made clear and pristine. And so right away, I wrote up a book proposal, got myself a literary agent. And thank you, Jesus, for that publishing deal, because I believe that word, I truly do, will set our combat veterans and anyone going through toxic experiences free. Right. Because you say it's not just for the veterans, it's for the families, right? It's yes. Yes. I mean, because it, it gives help. And I, I read this a statistic, Tiffany, or maybe you can tell me it's not right here in my notes in front of me, but the suicide rate. The suicide rate is unprecedented. It's about 22 suicides per day. It's almost a suicide per hour for our dear veterans. Oh, my goodness. So can you tell me a little bit about your process? What I love the most, number one, let me just give you the context, the bottom line up front here. Love is God. God is love. And so my basic algorithm for anyone going through anything difficult, especially our combat veterans, is God created us, neurobiologically wired us to love and be loved. And in order to have love, we have to have relationship. Mm -hmm. And then to have relationship, we have to have free will. And God's not going to take away free will because if he does, we will be null and void our creation and our existence for the purpose of love. And so I explained that to my veterans that God's not the one who put the IED on so-and-so. God's not the one who blew this up or that up. That's that's what Satan wants you to believe. That's not of God. And so number one is letting them know that, yay, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God. God is with me. And they walk through the valley of the shadow of death when they're in combat. And I also let them know, one, no one understands sacrifice more than Jesus. And he was not immune to the suffering of the world. Right. So good. Tell Mm -hmm. us a story in particular that stands out to you. Yeah. So I love this. I'm going to go with girl power right now. Is that cool? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Way cool. (laughs) So I had this bad, excuse my French, badass surgeon. Like there's no other word for it. She's amazing. And she is a colonel, wonderful, wonderful woman. And she came in and she was absolutely heartbroken because she was so, in a sense, not literally OCD diagnosis, but she was so into her work and she was so insistent that she could save every life Mm -hmm. on the battlefield. And the unfortunate thing is, is that even if our surgeons are top surgeons and they're trained here in the United States, we don't praise God, have to work on people who have been blown up from blast injuries. So they don't get that sort of practice. And so when she went overseas, not having that particular practice, she learned so many things, but she felt so guilty. She allowed the enemy to feed her twisted guilt. And the enemy would tell her, you're not good enough. You're not a good enough surgeon. You can't save enough lives. So she became so traumatized by what the enemy had spoken to her, even though she saved a myriad of lives and was a fantastic surgeon. She came back and she couldn't operate. 
She was so, it's a psychosomatic reaction where in her brain and what the enemy said to her was so ingrained in her mind that it manifested in her body. So whenever she picked up a scalpel, even like having her draw a circle in session, she, mm-hmm. she could not hold her hand still. It was just constantly shaking. She had this tremor. And so the brain is meant to be whole. It's meant to find love. It's meant to find closure. And closure is an eternal concept. It is a concept of love. Mm-hmm. And so what I had to do with her using rhythm restoration is just a form of visualization where you bilaterally stimulate by doing a butterfly hug and tapping. And then rhythm helps to calm as it regulates, big fancy word, the autonomic nervous system. And I said, I want you to go find those service members that you lost. And I want you to tell them how you feel. So she goes, finds them in heaven and they're made whole. And one, seeing them in heaven, And the things they have to say to her, like, you did your best. And I'm so grateful that you were the one pouring all this love into me in my last moments of life. These were freeing concepts for her. And then I asked her, you know, when all you're focused on is your pain and your suffering, you can't see how God is moving. Mm, So true. And so I said, take off those blinders, sister, take them off. And I want you to know that God wasn't the author of these bad things. And these people who you lost are at the right hand of God right now. But I want you to see just exactly where God was. So she visualizes herself in surgeries during that time. And she sees Jesus placing his hands on her while she's operating to give her peace and to give her comfort. And all this time when people who were on the operating table were looking into her eyes from the operating table, who were the ones about to pass, she always thought that they were staring at her and she felt a little intimidated by that. And she realized that they were staring at Jesus behind her. Oh, wow. And so all of this just brings so much closure and it actually rewired her brain in such a beautiful way. And when you rewire your brain and you rewire the trauma and you see it from a multi-perspective approach, especially with Jesus in the middle of it and all the goodness and all the blessing, then we don't file it back in the fear center of the brain, which is the amygdala. We file it back into the regular hippocampus, which is long-term memory. And then we have peace. Uh, That's good. So how, how does the brain process that trauma? We file it back. Is that it? Yeah. So what we do is trauma, unfortunately, it it triggers the fear center of the brain known as the amygdala. And so what we have to do is we got to bring the trauma out of the amygdala into our conscious awareness, which is our frontal lobe where we can dissect it. And nobody wants to do that, right? Like nobody wants to confront the hurt and the pain. Right. And so the hallmark trait is, is of avoid is PTSD. The hallmark trait of PTSD is avoidance. And mm-hmm. so we don't want to confront it. And so what we got to do is confront it. And then when we do, we look at it where God is moving, how God's not the author of this, how God has made a way for us. And then we'd see it in a different light. So that memory actually changes all the way down to the physical substrates, all the way down to the neurons of the brain and the DNA. Wow. And then it files back into that long-term memory, which is the hippocampus. So take me through, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I have these questions. Um, where's God in war? I am completely traumatized. I'm back at home. I don't want to, I want to be with my family, but I don't want to be with my family. I need help. I come to you. What happens? That's a big question. It's huge. And I love it because I think you're going to resonate with so many people out there. Not only 
someone who's been through combat, who's been through anything tragic in life, period, especially after this pandemic. So it's very valid. So what I would say is first, I want to get an intake on the person, get an assessment of where they're at. But the most important question that I ask is, where is your faith? Mm -hmm. Are you a spiritual person? Do you believe in God? So I always use the analogy of a Tootsie Pop. So in order to understand somebody and their existential view of the world, you have to lick from the outside going in. You have to see the big picture. You know, me, I'm impulsive. I want to bite that Tootsie Pop, eat all the candy, and I lose all the candy in the process. (laughs) But you have to look from the outside in. And so I ask him that big question. And you know what? Most of the people who I talk to say, yeah, I lost my faith. I said, can we explore that further? And then I give them those little nuggets. I drop those seeds and I plant hope. And when they start to see that God perhaps was on their side, finally, then they want more. They are hungry for the truth. I can't tell you, April, like the truth just totally sets people free. I'm doing absolutely nothing but just being a vessel of God. And he just works when you give him that truth. Yeah, that's so good. So how do you answer them? Where's God in war? So yeah. So God goes before you. And I I use that that Bible verse, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23, we all know it very well. And with that, I, I explored that. I said, where do you think God was in, in the good parts? Could you see the good? Let's take off the blinders for a minute. And um, they're like, oh, my battle brothers or my combat veterans, they were like this. And they said the right thing at the right time. They made me laugh all the time. I always had this brother who did this. And the chaplain came to me and I got a raise and my daughter was born. And they're like, you know what? I didn't even think about those things. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that award I got. And so they're so stuck on the hurt and the pain, they can't see the blessing in the midst of it. And I give them that basic algorithm that I told you earlier. Love yeah. requires relationship and relationship requires free will. And he's not going to take it away from you. That's so good. Can someone be helped from the inside out? You know, can they be free of with this trauma that they've gone through? Absolutely. The success rate is amazing. The people who's in front of me are usually always highly motivated to make the changes that they need. We need to first assess where their motivation is to rewire their neuroplastic brain. Right. And so they have to have the buy-in and they have to have the rapport with you. But I can tell you this for a fact. I have practiced as a clinical psychologist for over 10 years. And in my practice, I have noticed that when you put God in the middle of the equation, he is the activating catalyst. I don't care. You can give me all the evidence-based, what we call empirical research and data-driven. They cannot compare to when you put God into the equation. You add it to the evidence-based treatment and it just accelerates it. So you come with your natural and then you decide to bring God and he comes with his supernatural and it's like kapow. Yeah. There is healing. Their chains are broken. It's so amazing to see that. And it fills my cup incredibly so that I can continue to pour out more. It's amazing. What would you say to someone? And I'm I'm just being the, the one that's asking the questions here. Someone that's maybe been through this and they they're just they're not themselves. They don't know what to do but they don't know yet to reach out to someone to help them. Maybe they're listening to this by chance and uh, they're thinking, you know what, this is, this is kind of me. What do I do? Yeah, the first, that's a great question. I would say the first step is starting, if something's resonating with you, go down the rabbit hole with it. I believe it's truly Holy Spirit-led. And this might sound like an obvious no-brainer 
to you, April, but I would open up my Google and start, if somebody's speaking life to me, I would research that person. And then I'd start learning about what they're teaching. And then I'd see where it is that it's offered and how I can get more. I think we also have this responsibility of being vessels to our brothers and sisters. And if we see somebody who's in that funk, who's not themselves, then we can offer them the life speaking resources that we can give them a book or we can send them to a site or we can say, Hey, I know this foundation and for free, they will see you and counsel you. And we will be the resource will essentially be the salt of the earth and light yeah. of the world. Right. Hands and feet of Jesus. Again, her book is Peace After Combat. Let me take that one step further. Maybe family members have a loved one that have come back who've been traumatized and um, they see it. They see it in their, whether it's her son, their their family member. How could they go about, Dr. Tiffany, just encouraging that person, you know, we need to get you to help. Kim, give a, I like to give my, my listeners practical things they can do. So I'm a mom. My son has come home. He's not himself. He doesn't want to talk about it. And I understand it, but I don't know what to do. But I know I need to take him somewhere to get help. Help me as a mom. What do I do? If you were a mom, I would definitely talk to one of his battle buddies. That's the term that we would use and say, hey, battle buddy, I don't know if you're feeling the same way, but this is what's happening to my son or daughter. And I think that they're going to have the best foot in because they were there. They understand the experience. Now, of course, you can always give them a pamphlet or you can slide the book under their door. And, and that's at a point where, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. And You shouldn't have to be walking on eggshells, but you may have to for a little while until the person on the other end is aware of what they're doing and how they're behaving and until they want to make the change to live more whole and to have God and love in their life so that healing can can manifest itself. But I think one of the best ways in is through somebody who's been through that experience who can say, hey, I'm willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And even yourself just saying, hey, whenever you're ready, I'm willing to listen. I've done my research. This is what I've learned. And sometimes you may not even be able to get it across face-to-face in a sentence because they could get so defensive, but even just in a text message or in a little letter. And you're going to be the subject matter expert on how to break down that door because they're the person you love dearly and you know them really well. So that's my advice. That's good. That's great. So other than getting uh, Dr. Tiffany's book, Peace After Combat, again, you can order that anywhere books are sold. How, Dr. Tiffany, would they find a good counselor in their area? Yeah, you definitely need to do your research. There's wonderful programs. Obviously, the VA is there to help assist you no matter what. If you're a veteran, there's programs like the Cohen Family Clinics that are fantastic run by Endeavors. They're here in Texas. And if you are a family member of a veteran, they will also service you as well. They are incredible nonprofit organizations. There's many wonderful nonprofits. You've got to do your research. There's Camp Hope in Houston, which is fantastic. There's just one after another and they are willing to open their doors. You just got to ask for it, right? right. You have yeah. not because you ask not. So yeah, ask. Right. So can they get how can they get in touch with you? Oh, they can reach me at Dr. Tiffany Tajiri.com. I'll spell that out for you. It's D-R-T-I-F-F-A-N-Y Tajiri. I'll go military on you for this one is Tango Alpha Juliet India Romeo India 
com, or you can reach me on social media on Instagram or Facebook. I have a YouTube page with lots of videos on how to overcome trauma and how to find peace in your life. That's so good. And I'll put all that in the show notes. Okay, Dr. Tiffany, before we go, give us one more good story. Here's a really challenging one. It, it may not feel so comfortable, um, but we have to understand that this life is absolutely eternal and no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the spiritual realm, period. But there was this story where a man named Zuma and the title of the chapter is called Killer of Innocence. He had so sadly end the life of a young boy who was approaching him in a suicide vest because it was either that young boy or his entire squad of 20. And he said, I got to make it home to my family. And he didn't realize that this young boy was the same age as his son. And so when he saw his son, when he came back home, he started avoiding his son and he felt all this guilt. And we came into therapy and we had to learn about where God was in the midst of his suffering, that God was not the author, but we had to start visualizing where where the young boy was that he had to end his life. So he visualized Jesus taking him to heaven in that moment. And he visualized playing soccer with him in heaven. And that little boy in heaven in his visualization said, it's okay, go love on your son. And I will have a good time when you come up here another time, but it's not your time right now. And so when he found that closure, it was so tragic. I mean, he, he was in a rock and a hard place having to determine how many lives over one. And he felt terrible, but he went to God. God gave him that forgiveness instantaneously when wow. he learned that God forgave him, he was finally able to forgive himself and live at peace and to honor that young boy whose life was lost selfless, selfishly because of the insurgent, the Taliban, ISIS, whoever it may be at the other end of that equation harmed him. But he was able to live free when he knew God was not orchestrating this and that God loves him and wants to give him grace, forgiveness, and mercy. So good. Dr. Tiffany, thank you so much for being a part of the Better Podcast. Um, it's great to see you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am so blessed and I have already pre-ordered your book. Thank you oh, for being okay. salt and light, sister. Thank you. Okay. Until next time, we'll see you. <laughs>